Because there's something about having a foundation of truth deep down. It gives you the courage. It's like, I don't have any, I'm not hiding anything. I don't have to be afraid of anything. This is just where I'm coming from. And what's so interesting is that people are very compelled by that. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of How Do You Feel? This week, we're talking about identities. We're talking about understanding who you are, the things that can hold you back from that, how you discover that, and then how you live your truth in your daily life. We're going to hear from my dad this week, who has a very interesting story about discovering his true identity. He was married for 20 years, had three kids, and then realized his truth that he was a gay man. It's a really interesting story about the ability of the human mind to suppress certain things in a desire to play a certain role in society. And it's really interesting to hear him talk about that and how it played out in his life during the different phases of his life. I think this is a really important story to tell because although we're talking specifically about my dad's story this week, I think it applies to many people's stories of trying to discover themselves, of working through some deep inner struggles in order to realize their truest self. A lot of the things that my dad talks about and how he felt so alone and he felt like he was the only one and how afraid he was of judgment from the people closest to him in his life. I can really relate to because I felt similarly when I was going through my eating disorder and trying to come to terms with that. I really enjoyed interviewing my dad for this podcast. It's interesting because I think what I'm discovering is that although we do talk about these things here and there with the people closest to us, rarely do we actually have a space to sit down and talk to someone about their story front to back and to ask them all the questions that we want to ask. So it was really cool that this podcast provided me a platform to be able to do that and also a platform for my dad to be able to share his story from the beginning to where he is now. While I had heard about the things that he discusses on the podcast in bits and pieces, it was really cool to be able to dive deeper into them with him and hear his reflections on it now that he's kind of on the other side, fully out, living as a gay man and confident in who he is. So this is a story of identity, of living your truest self, of struggling through things that feel impossible and coming out on the other side. I'm going to keep reflecting this week about how we start to have more conversations like this with the people closest to us in our lives, because I think that it is so important. And these are really powerful conversations to be having. I loved hearing my dad's insights and wisdom as it related to all these things. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this story as well. I hope you enjoy this podcast with my dad, John Goodall. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks. It's so fun to have you on. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. Let's go ahead and just launch in. I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, 
I want to start at the beginning. So what your childhood was like, things like that. Sure. 57 years old. Uh, living Aging count. yourself right away. Wow. Put it out there. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great age. I, I like this age. So um, I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it's been a very interesting journey. I uh, was born in St. Louis, Missouri, youngest of five kids, and, uh, you know, lived kind of a Midwestern, typical suburb family. Uh, what was um, it like being the youngest of five children? So my parents had three kids in the first four years, and then they had the next one three years later, and then me three years later. So you were so, the true baby. Yeah, and it, I don't have a lot of memories of all five of us being in the house at the same time. Because I was pretty young. It's more like my brother and I as kind of a second family almost. I see. Loved going to school, loved my teachers, a cute little redheaded kid, got a lot <laughs> of like, I guess, attention because, you know, that's different. I've seen the pictures. You were a cute little redheaded kid. <laughs> Lots of freckles. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I uh, followed trying to do good in school. And, you know, I played soccer as a kid, you know, through high school. My brother, who was closest in age to me, you know, had some challenges in, in his life and kind of got off track and wasn't the best student. And so I think I reacted and went the other way mm. and kind of wanted to, you know, achieve and work hard and get good grades and stuff. I think that had some, you know, impact on me. Maybe trying to do the, the right thing, kind of please my parents, mm -hmm. um, make them happy. And, you know, I got a lot of attention for that too. Being involved in things and seemingly being very successful. I think I uh, get a lot of my achievement-oriented mindset from you. Yeah. And wanting to get the grades and be involved in the things and all that <laughs> stuff, right? The the want to succeed. Sure. I think we definitely share that. I'm curious if at any point in your childhood you knew or wondered if you were gay. And I don't know, I guess when those thoughts maybe began for you. I always felt a little different. Um, so in elementary school, I remember I, I tended to like to play with the girls more than the boys. Like they'd be off playing a sport or doing flag football or playing tag and stuff. And I wanted to jump rope and like talk to the girls, I guess. So, so the, <laughs> but you're you know, athletic. I mean, yeah, it's not that you I didn't was. enjoy sports. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. So, you know, I felt a little different. I don't think I had any feelings of like, maybe I was attracted to, to guys instead of girls back then. I had some feelings of that in junior high and high school, you know, and I, I thought it was just maybe idolizing. Like I noticed attractive guys. I wanted to be like them. I think there were some attractions, but it didn't really make sense to me, like what that was all about. And, you know, I also, I, I did get teased a little bit in middle school for, like, being gay, actually. Really? So, yeah. Um, and that was horrifying to me. Like, in seventh and eighth grade, I just, that was just really hard. And so, I think that started maybe a mindset of, I can't be gay. Right. That's just not possible. It seemed like Because the I'm going to be totally teased and just not have a good life, mm -hmm. if, if that were ever true. So, it just can't be true, right? You know, at that point, I wasn't, I didn't think or feel that I was a gay kid or boy. You weren't you know? sitting there thinking in the back of your mind, I'm gay and I have to cover it up. Right. It was mostly no. just, you knew you couldn't be gay and right. you knew that that wasn't good. So right. then you decided to play a different role. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't, I'm going to hide it because this is a truth for me. That didn't come till many, many years later that it was a truth for me. 
it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't lived it, but it's like a, a, it's something underneath that's there, but you just don't quite understand it. And, you know, the formula of life is that you get married, you have kids, and that is happiness, right? And I did that, you know, and I was very happy for, for many years. You know, I have no regrets looking back. I have a beautiful family, three beautiful children that are all thriving and finding their way. And, and you know, I've come through my journey too. I was married to your mom for, for almost 20 years. And, you know, we, we had a lot of fun together. We had fun meeting each other. It was a pretty fast, uh, we dated for six months. And, you know, I asked her to marry me. And, went camping and we just we just it was a fun dating experience yeah you guys Um, had a great relationship i mean you had a great friendship yeah and we had good talks uh Mm -hmm. i think she appreciated how i'm a good listener and you know she could really express who she was and you know we worked through you know some of her challenges and i was also you know felt a sense of responsibility you know being married and then starting to have a family it was like i have to you know work hard and provide and I got a lot of satisfaction out of that. Yeah. I mean, it was just uh, like I was living the dream. I was successful. We had several beautiful homes, and just raising you kids was just, uh, it was beautiful. Just helping you all, you know, find who you were, and all the activities, and the coaching <laughs> soccer teams. You still teams talk so <laughs> fondly about all the activities, the swim meets, and the, oh, yeah, soccer, the soccer games, and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good in all that, but... You know, I think there was something under the surface for sure that just, you know, I wasn't fully who I was. I I didn't, again, really understand it. I think, like I said, I had some feelings in school and high school, college, uh, but then it kind of went away, I guess. It was, you know, I I buried it pretty deep. Yeah, (laughs) you're suppressing. And I I was focusing on what was great, but then it's just at at some point the truth just started to, to come back you know it started percolating to the surface more and why do you think that happens i think you reach a point in life where you, you start looking at things for the long term i think maybe the death of my mother had something to do with it she died in 2009 and oh wow i really started dealing with this like a year or two after that um mm. so it's like wow we have one life to live and i don't know it just there it, was it, something it was... deep down telling you that you weren't living your truest self yeah and i mean our physical relationship was definitely it it was fine um but i felt like it was deteriorating as we got older and part of that i was just like well i'm just getting older and you know you just don't have as much of that physical attraction but then i was starting to deal with maybe it's not really the attraction that i truly have it's not in my soul who i really am but i felt very alone in that too like there was Mm -hmm. no one i felt like i could really talk to or or deal with that mm. year after year was starting to become true for me and the last few years it, it was you know right there I did some things that I regret just because I was dealing with that attraction to, to men and you were learning and discovering some things about you're exploring maybe yeah is that how I should yeah. put it yeah I think yeah that's fair and and then it was this tension between a life that I had built this I was on the surface we look like the perfect middle America family you know we had a again beautiful home Wyoming Ohio great school system kids doing well like it all just looked beautiful you know it was and it, many of much of it was but yet 
there was something not full Mm -hmm. about it. So we dealt with it together. She and I tried to survive, but at the end of the day, it wasn't going to work. So for, I did go to some therapy for a while. I was trying to pray the gay away. So I actually went Mm -hmm. to some conferences. There's some organizations that exist to actually try to help you deal with same-sex attraction. And there's books about it and people who have been able to, you know, make that go away. Well, because there's another (laughs) layer to this that we haven't really addressed yet, but we were a Christian family. So religion was part of my childhood and upbringing, and it was something that we did as a family every week, Sunday school. You know, there are many, and there are many great things about that and the community that was involved in that. But my feeling is that 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 was probably the reason why you wanted to pursue this quote unquote praying the gay away, because that Mm -hmm. was the community that we were in. And it's also, there's there's another reason why you didn't want to be gay and Mm -hmm. why it wasn't okay. Right? right, because in this very Christian Middle America community that we were living in, for sure, that wasn't okay. Right, absolutely. You're checking all the boxes and you're doing all the right things, but yet something's not true mm-hmm. underneath the surface. Something's not quite right underneath the surface. But uh, yeah, I felt like I was almost getting deeper and deeper into it, which made it feel impossible to change the path that we were on. Well, it was going to uproot the family unit as we knew it and the Mm -hmm. life that we were living. And I know, I remember that while this was going on and, you know, you were trying to do some things to fix it, we didn't, as kids, exactly know what was going on. But I know that you held a lot of guilt about the big, massive changes that were about to happen for every member of the family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure that that was very heavy and it makes it even harder, right? As you're trying to learn who you are, there's a whole nother layer where you're affecting the people that are the closest to you in your life. How were you able to move through that and move past the guilt and realize that you needed to look forward? And how did you make that decision that I'm going to keep on living even though my life is going to look different? Yeah, definitely went through the pit of despair, if you will. And I I definitely came to a fork in the road. It's like, okay, I have a choice here. I can move forward and acknowledge the truth of of who I am and deal with that. Or I can stop, you know, and kind of end it right here. You know, I was definitely at that place. And it's like, I found a group in Cincinnati. There was a guy, he was a therapist. He had a group, got men's group of guys who had lived in a heterosexual marriage for years and had gone through the journey mm-hmm. and had uh, come out the other side happy and whole. And that blew me away because I honestly felt like I was the only person on this planet that was going through the struggle. Um, but yet that there were these men that I saw yeah. that had come through it and they were able to have a relationship with their kids and have a relationship with their ex and yet fully acknowledge who they were. So I think those examples of seeing people out there that work through that, it's like, okay, I, I can do this. The power of knowing that you're not alone yeah. and that you're not the only one is transformative yeah. for everyone going through whatever journey it is right it's that when you feel that you're isolated mm-hmm. it feels impossible and then you connect with others that have experienced that and understand and sure. all of a sudden you see the path through yeah absolutely so instead of doing the path of pray the gay away and you know make it go away it was now i'm on this i'm starting on this journey of truth the step number one for me was loving myself 
because for the time that I was in this pit of despair, I hated myself. The guilt, the shame, I had failed, right? Just really tough. But when you shift that mindset to, you know what? Cut yourself a break. Love yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Acknowledge the yuckiness, the darkness that you've Mm -hmm. been through, the things that you've done. Don't let that define you. Those things are there and those are real. And But then look what I have to live for. I have to live for my kids who are, you know, middle school, high school, college, being there for them. There are many things in their lives down the road. There's weddings, there's children, whatever they pursue is out there. And think of what, if I wasn't there, how terrible that would be for them. Mm. So it's like, love yourself. And then start realizing the blessings that you have and, and embrace those blessings and don't expect perfection. It's a journey, <laughs> you know, life's a journey. And so you just kind of work through it. And, you know, I had some circumstances happen that I think are just acknowledged my, my journey of truth, which is I had the opportunity to move jobs. Well, the brand that I was working on, Pringles, was actually purchased by the Kellogg Company in, in Michigan. And through that process, the, they took a team of people up to, relocated that team up to, to Michigan. So, And this was all happening at the time that I was starting my journey of truth and, and coming out. So it was like a beautiful opportunity to just move away from the life that I had and look forward. When so, that happened, did you have that sense? Like, did was your initial reaction oh, this could be a new start? Or was it, oh my God, more change. I don't think I can handle this. New start, 100% actually. Mm -hmm. And I think because I had gotten on the path to truth before this all finally happened, that I was kind of like, oh my God, what an opportunity. And I must say that the people at the Kellogg Company were unbelievable, so supportive. They've got an employee resource group called K-Pride and Allies. Start. I joined that and just completed my journey of fully coming out because I had come out kind of in, in steps, um, you know, first with my family, with the ones closest to me and had not yet fully come out at work. But when I moved to Michigan, I decided that that's what I needed to do. And I... Uh, I struggled a little bit with how do you do that? And so I, <laughs> Gather everyone in a boardroom meeting right? and announce like, it, guys. <laughs> it, it's really kind of unfortunate that people who are gay have to go through this process. It's mm. so crazy to me that you have to like make this massive announcement. But mm. that aside, what I just I just used email. Really? <laughs> so I just wrote <laughs> I copied every name of everyone who I knew on email and I wrote this know basically coming out about the opportunity that this company has given me and the, tr- the journey that I've been on and how my family's been so supportive and I just want everyone to know that I'm a, a gay man and I'm, I'm fully happy and supported and I feel so blessed to be here with this company and the the responses that I got back mm-hmm. from that email were, were beautiful I printed every one of them and I still have those to Aww. this day I don't know I just over and over again been acknowledged for the truth that I'm living now, people really uh, embrace that. And I think a lot of people who are gay, they're so fearful of the consequences of coming out. They feel like their family's gonna disown them. And that does happen in some cases, but most of the people that I know, it's not that. It's people are actually um, lift you up, they support you, and, and they love you for who you are. And the mm-hmm. fact that you have the courage to acknowledge that, you know, is, is great. I think that anyone who truly loves someone else, like if it's, be it a family member or a friend, 
If you have true love for someone, no matter what, you want them to be their true self and be happy. And so it doesn't matter that the path that that takes, it doesn't matter the avenue to get there. Yeah. When you sense that they're doing that, mm-hmm. you are happy for them, no yeah. matter what. No, I, absolutely. Um, and I didn't know how you kids were going to react. I know, I wanted to ask that about was that. A, that was a big, scary thing for me. Like, how on earth <laughs> am I going to tell my, my kids? What were you afraid of? Rejection. Like you're not Mad the dad I thought you were yeah. or something? Yeah, mm. kind of angry and like, why are you living this lie? And how could you do that mm. to, your, to mom? And I don't know. Mm-hmm. You just make up all these terrible things in your mind because you want to be perfect. <laughs> That's how I was wired. It's like perfection. So, But I think perfection for me is very different now. Perfection mm-hmm. for me is living who you are and loving who you are. Each and every day you get up and you face the challenges and you learn new things. You're always growing and that's perfect for me now. But I do recall you guys embraced me immediately and that was just life-saving. I remember the feeling (laughs) of just knowing that, I, I think I sensed how afraid you were of it. I just remember thinking, you're still the the dad that you've always been and you're still the amazing dad that I know you to be. This doesn't change that. The only obviously challenging and scary parts were, well, now our family unit isn't going to be the same as it was. Right. Um, so things are going to change in that capacity. And I remember the only other thing that I really struggled with at the time was secrets. Because I know you were working through so many steps of this process and then you were trying to, you know, pray Get it away. And like, and, and, right. And there were stories. And yeah. as kids, you know that. And so to me, that was the hardest part of just being like, what is actually going on here? And what do I need to know? And what's and the uncertainty of that was the hardest part. It had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with who you were Mm -hmm. and the fact that you were gay. Now we got to move forward and figure out what this means for us and the family. Well, that's scary. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that was part of the, you know, the, the guilt and shame and the like, you're scared. My initial reaction was to cling on to what we had. And so I need to pray this away. This needs to go away. Right. It needs to go away now. Fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I have got this family. I've built this beautiful, you know, scenario. It must stay. <laughs> and I, I have to give your mom credit because honestly, she she wanted the truth to be what it was. She respected and um, I think supported me in her own way through this. I think she could have been a lot uglier about it badmouth me or put it on the headlines of the newspaper (laughs) or whatever it is like she in no way I felt was trying to infuse negativity and like judgment on what I was dealing with I I think at the end of the day she she wanted just the truth to be out and I think she probably sensed it for several years it wasn't making sense to her again our with our physical relationship deteriorating and there was something there. She didn't know what it was. Um, mm. I applaud her <laughs> for that, honestly. I, I think that was huge for her because, gosh, I can't imagine being on the other end of this. Like, mm. I had been married to someone for this long and, you know, given my life to this family and to him. And, and now this other thing has happened. It was rough, I know, for her. And, you know, even today, I think we still have some, some challenges, but she did good. <laughs> It's so crazy. Like now, I mean, so here I am, it's uh, years later. 
moved to Michigan, then began to just start a, a new life of making new friends, new work relationships. Uh, I met Eric, uh, my husband. Uh, of course, by the way, of course, our partners have to have the same name. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> Crazy. Although mine's with a C and yours is with a Q. So. Right. Thank goodness there's some difference. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we met in 2014 and, you know, had a fun dating relationship. And I don't know, I think again, I, he's an angel uh, in, in many ways. I just feel like, again, these other things happened to me, like my job moving. But then Eric happened to me too. It's this kind, loving guy. And we have so many common interests. We both love to cook and we love having friends over for dinner. And it's crazy. I pinched myself. But I, I am very grateful for the blessings that I have. A couple of Christmases ago when we were all together, I was just like, it was beautiful. And you guys all came to, to Kalamazoo and we were in the house and... And then, of course, last December, we had the opportunity to be married. So Eric and I uh, married. And so exciting. That was so awesome. Yeah, it was so, so what we wanted, uh, everyone who we love in the room. And the evening after, so we, it was a daytime wedding. And we were back home by like 5 or 6 that evening. And we had friends bring over pizza to the house. And we kind of had our reception in the house, right? And, um, you know, pretty soon we moved all the furniture out of the way. And we were dancing in the living room. And... <laughs> And I'm just like, wow, I'm blessed. It's a wild and wacky journey we all have. And I think everyone has mountains to climb. So my challenge was acknowledging myself as a gay man and loving myself. People have all kinds of struggles. I think there's a lot of common feelings about not loving yourself or feeling guilty or feeling shameful or... All that, I think, is so common. You know, when you shared your story, I think there's just so many similar emotions. Um, I think Amy has, she's sorting through what's next for her. And this is our youngest daughter, Amy, who's 20. She finished uh, two years of college, and she's decided to take a break. Um, And I think that was hard for her to acknowledge that that's what she needed to do because she felt like there were all these expectations. I have to go to college, I have to get out in four years, I have to get my degree, I have mm-hmm. to go to work. Like, it's the formula mm-hmm. that you're supposed to live. And I applaud her for the, that she was have the courage to say, you know what, I don't feel good. I'm, I'm not on the path that I need to be on, and I uh, admire that. to be that. able to say that at 20 years old, like, geez. I, I don't think I had that that strength at that age I think I was just going along with emotions and I was just going to subscribe to the formula at that point um, for better or for worse so it is pretty amazing Uh that she was able to do that yeah we all have tomorrow to to make happen so I'm excited about you know the next inflection point in my life retirement's not too far in the future Um, we'll see when that happens but I've started to think about instead of I'm reframing that because for For a bit, I've had some fear about, oh my God, when I'm done, then what am I going to do? Well, you've worked a very similar role for (laughs) your entire career as well, which I think is an interesting thing to talk about because it's not nearly as common anymore, but you were with Procter & Gamble for 20 years? 27. 27 years. So right out of college, (laughs) got this job, you're with the same company, and then you were acquired by Kellogg's, but moved into a very similar corporate role still. 
And, yeah, uh, so that's all. That's what you've known for your entire adult life. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know research and development on products, consumer goods. So it's corporate America. So you know, which has a lot of uh, benefits. You have a lot of opportunities to grow and travel, and you know, challenges of projects, and you know, how do you bring technology to a a consumer to enhance their lives and that's all great but then there's all the bureaucracy too and just that some of the things that big companies have so 34 years doing all that but like what's next so I uh, am loving the podcast world I think you really have inspired me through your your podcast Casey and I've started to leverage and look at other topics so one of which is retirement and I've discovered uh, there's this the retirement guy I'm just loving it because it's all about it's not about the numbers in terms of do you have the money to retire it's really about how do you move forward for your next phase of life mm-hmm. and how do you really get in touch with what you're passionate about and what you care about and then go for those things so I'm excited about creating that future, like what, what's next. and So many possibilities. Yes, for sure. And, you know, I've reflected too on, I, I know I can do it because I've done it many times in my past. So it's like graduating high school and you go to a whole new place, graduating college, you're going to a new career, moving through a journey of coming out as a gay man, relocating to Michigan. Like I've done it time and time again. And I look back and it's like, I, I can definitely do this, you know? So I'm excited for for what's next. It, it'll come as it comes. Uh, it'll be great. Throughout your <laughs> whole journey, what have you learned about the power of not dwelling on the past and being able to look forward to the next thing? Yeah, I mean, you can't change the past for sure. I think you learn from it, try to take the lessons from it. It's easy to get trapped by the past and and trying to change it or you know make it go away but um it's about moving forward what we can control is what we have today and what we how we react to what's next you don't let it define you it's part of your journey i'm not going to apologize i'm not going to you know harbor guilt and shame and you know i i did that for a bit when i was really struggling with my coming out I try to actually use that in relationships to help others. So it's, I don't try to tell them like, this is how you're supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. I just share what I've been through and it becomes a beautiful conversation because they can relate and it helps them much like you've done, right? With your journey. I mean, you've shared that, Hey, this is what I went through. This is what, or how I think about it. Sharing um, is so, it's so similar. Yeah. Yeah. Don't live in the past, you know, live for today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between dwelling in the past and letting it define you and understanding the past and understanding who you were at that point and maybe why you fell into certain tendencies or like for me, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what were those things that I was so insecure about and so fearful about that led to my eating disorder? And I think it's important as a human for me to understand those things because then I've learned so much more about myself and I can take that and I can better it moving forward, right? So it's not about forgetting, compartmentalizing, never thinking about the past, denying it. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm currently not defined by my eating disorder, it's something I went through and I think it's an important part of what I went through because now what my understanding for the way that I am around food and the way food affects people is so much richer. You know, there's a balance between 
just forgetting and never <laughs> talking about the past, which in some ways could be easier and really embracing it in a way that allows you to understand yourself more and understand what it was that you went through and how totally it's led agree. to this point. Yeah, I, it's definitely a balance because you, you can go down that road of talking about the past. It, it can overwhelm you if you let it go there. But I also agree, you can't just not acknowledge that that's in the past um, and, and try to process some of it and learn from some of it. I don't feel like that's healthy either. I'm curious about the nature of the relationships in your life now, as opposed to when you were living your life as a straight man, Mm -hmm. playing that role. Do you notice anything different about the relationships in your life now? I am being who I am more. Um, I feel like I was living maybe to please others more. But now it's like I'm, I'm much more free with really telling people this is where I'm coming from. This is how I'm seeing the situation. And not only in personal life, but also at work. There are times when uh, we're going down a path on a project and everyone in the room is agreeing and I'm not feeling it. (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't know about that. So what I try to do is say, you know, I can see why people are saying we should do this option, but here's where I'm coming from. This is how I feel about it. And here are the reasons why. And I'm not afraid of that. Wow. Where in the past, I think I might have not spoken up like that. Because there's something about having a foundation of truth deep down. It gives you the courage. It's like, I don't have any, I'm not hiding anything. I don't have to be afraid of anything. This is just where I'm coming from. And what's so interesting is that people are very compelled by that. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how one voice in the room can shift the whole conversation to a totally different outcome. Wow, that's pretty yeah. powerful. Yeah. I'm yeah. smiling really big because <laughs> I just feel like I'm starting to learn that too. And this journey that I've gone on and learning about who I am and having so much more confidence in who I am and trusting myself so much more and not trying to people please, I yeah. I just feel that sometimes too. Like sure. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I used to be paralyzed by what are they going to think? Yes. It actually was a derailer at work for me for, for a while because like, I was afraid to get up in front of the group and, and speak you know, and do presentations in a very confident and coherent way. I could do it, but inside of me, I was just the butterflies. You're freaking just, out. I was just like, because I was, <laughs> you're presenting to a group of uh, 100 people. There is no way you're going to please 100 people. It's just not going to happen. But if that's how your mindset is, then it almost paralyzes you versus, okay, here are the truths that I have. Here's what I think. I'm going to put it out there. And I know that some people aren't going to buy into it. That's fine. But this is true for me. And what ends up happening is people respect that more. And they're like moved by that. I've seen that definitely in my professional life and my personal life. In Kalamazoo, there's a really strong uh, gay community. Which has also been amazing, by the way. Like that you moved to this... (laughs) It's kind of a random ass city, but that there happens to be this really strong, powerful community yeah. of gay men and women. It is. It's pretty crazy. awesome. The couple it, times I've gotten to see it, I've just been really moved by that. The organization is now called Outfront Kalamazoo. They have a, a winter gala every year. It's a formal, and you've, you've got the opportunity to go to that. And um, you're seeing all these successful, professional, happy people. It's so affirming. And there's actually a bowling league. 
it's just crazy. Again, it's another one of these like blessings that just kind of happened on my journey. The universe works in amazing ways sometimes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Like mm-hmm. I believe in something greater. And I think that that was the world working mm-hmm. for you. And I think it was think all so. meant to be that way. I agree. It was these just affirmations along my journey that just got me to a great place. I, I feel like I could write a book just <laughs> based on the craziness of the journey. And out from Kalamazoo, so the, at the gala three or four years ago, they always have a, a guest speaker. So um, I had the opportunity to share my coming out story at that uh, event. And in the past, the butterflies, the nervousness, the what are they going to think would be paralyzing to me. But I almost was pinching myself. Is this really me? <laughs> Is this really happening? But I, it was... Um, I loved doing it. It was my truth. And I had so many people come up to me in the community and just say how beautiful it was and how moving it was. People I didn't even know. It's these little kisses along the way that just tell you you're, you're on the right path. You're on the right journey. It's fun <laughs> to watch you and see you now. You just do get the sense that you've really come into who you are and you're living the life that you want to be living, that you and Eric have created together. And yeah. it's beautiful. So throughout this whole thing, um, I'm curious if you have any advice for someone that's struggling with their sexuality and who Mm -hmm. they are, or really, I mean, I think it pertains to anyone who's struggling with their identity in general. Like I think many of these messages don't only apply to sexuality, they can apply to identity crises that we have in understanding and acknowledging who we really are, especially if it's maybe not who society, who we feel society says we should be. Yeah. Do you have any advice <laughs> for someone that's in that struggle? I would seek a therapist or someone who has a profession that can kind of give you a broader view of whatever it is you're dealing with. Don't go it alone. I felt very alone. And until I found that group where the guy was leading a group of men who had come through a heterosexual marriage to a fully gay and open life, that was probably the biggest factor that got me turned down this path. Um, if it's a professional who's not like invested in your life, like a parent or a, a close friend, that may be easier than someone who's familiar because you're dealing with, they're going to be dealing with that news and that may be challenging. It may clutter the, the process. And then I think for me, when I really could start sorting this all out was when I moved away. Which on one hand was sad and, you know, we, Sharon and I shared a tear, more than a tear when that happened. But Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the clutter was gone and I could start working on it. And I was with me and I was sorting through, all right, who am I really? Let's be truthful to myself (laughs) here. What's true for me? And what was true for me is that I was a gay man. I embraced that and I loved myself. So I needed to work through a process of loving myself. I'm not going to try to get the love from others or get the, you know, get the acknowledgement from others and then just seek out resources. So seek out therapy, read books. I got lots of books and just, it's a process. And and also give yourself time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to flip a switch. And all of a sudden yesterday I was this in a straight marriage and tomorrow I'm a gay man no it's a process so give yourself time it's okay everyone has mountains to climb everyone makes mistakes like 
just it's okay don't be too hard on yourself you know? i think i think part of the reason you were so hard on yourself is because you do like to be perfect <laughs> you also passed on to me i things. wonder how you got that <laughs> perfectionist tendencies uh, over here but you do uh, like that idea of uh-huh. doing it all right sure. and being perfect but oh, for sure. that's just not reality so you gotta no. let go of that you know, Hadley would call it the all or nothing mentality, but mm-hmm. you got to kind of let go of that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for you and your life, Casey, and all that you're doing. I'm so inspired by the podcast and you're really coming into what you love. Um, I think that's beautiful. Uh, Todd's just really finding his niche and Amy's going to sort it out. You know, we're all on a good path. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. a, another day. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can't let you leave here without talking about your job okay because (laughs) nutrition is a big part of what we talk about on the podcast and i think it's pretty interesting that um you work for kellogg's which is one of the biggest processed food corporations in america Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) you're pretty up on your nutrition knowledge and it's not like you're sitting at home eating pop tarts and I don't know what Sometimes. else. And cheese it all the time. Sometimes, yeah, of course. But that's not your diet. You do have a very healthy outlook on your mm-hmm. personal nutrition. Sure. I'm just curious how yeah. you sort of rationalize the two things. So working yeah. for this company with that makes all of these processed foods versus mm-hmm. what you know about nutrition and kind of how you live such a healthy life. Yeah. So it's a, the question's interesting because I, I don't think it's like, evil and not evil (laughs) which is kind of how it comes across a little bit Mm. um what it is so within what kellogg's is trying to accomplish right um there's there's times in people's lives where they want to have an indulgence and it's okay to eat some chips or eat some cheez-its or have their pop tart you know or their brownie or you know whatever it is right Mm -hmm. um what we want to do is make that experience as good as it can be you know it's about doing fun different interesting flavors different textures you know, part of well-being in life is not just about the nutrition facts of food. Um, it's about the connecting socially, and it's about uh, being happy. So you've talked about this. It's like when you are in a place where you're saying, these are foods I can't eat, that's not necessarily the, the most healthy mindset. Mentally, it's not very it's, healthy. It's a no. balance that yeah. you have to have. So within that space, I think Kellogg's is, is really working to improve um nutrition by reducing sodium getting rid of artificials um we do have a well-being strategy that we're working on as a company and um acquire the rx bar business and you know you've got a, a really nice growing healthy balanced uh bar we have a new you know some new uh, plant-based protein products that we're working on so so that's all good, and I think one of the things that connects me most with the company is the, the, the Kellogg Foundation. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's a philanthropic foundation that helps contribute to the wellness of children across the world, um, and they actually are a big stakeholder in Kellogg's um, equity. And so while when our company succeeds, a portion of that goes to the foundation, which is helping cool. drive wellness in, in kids across the world. So. What's the broader picture here? 
What are the biggest trends that you see in the food industry right now? Like, where do you see the industry going in the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, simple labels is for sure, like simple ingredient statements. Um, I think, again, RX Bar is a great example where on the front of the pack, it says exactly what's in there. No BS. transparent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think for sure that's a trend. You know, I, I think there are definite indulgent trends. I think people want to enjoy their their chips, right? So I think um, within that, like Pringles, so I worked on Pringles for, for a number of years. Um, we're, we're doing like exotic flavors from around the world. And, you know, at the times so when you want that, you want that. And it's kind of fun. Like, wow, I've got this, uh, you know, Thai curry chip. Let's try this. And Is that one of them? Yeah. No yeah, way. Yeah. So you what have are, wait, friends me... over and... <laughs> You pop open the can and you're all trying. This, right. You know, it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Right? And again, it's back to the wellness, well-being of being with others and sharing a fun experience. Um, and for sure, from a health perspective, I think it's so interesting to see how the industry has changed over the years. Um, fat is, is no longer the, the bad. The but actually, it's a good mm-hmm. thing. I think artificials, removal of artificials is, is definitely colors, flavors. It's um, something we're working really hard on. Things are more balanced, too. I think, what's your lifestyle? You know, and obviously you're talking a lot about that in, in your different um, episodes. Those, that's all real. And, you know, I, I look forward to how we can, as a company, be part of that. And I know for me, it's been bringing fitness into to my life the last three years. Has, I feel better than I ever have before because mm-hmm. of that. So... Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I have one final question for you. <laughs> I know so, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast, you know what's coming. What makes you excited to get out of bed in the morning? Yeah. It's just, you know, writing the next chapter. I, I'm excited for what comes each day and learning something new. I never really realized that being a dad, that I would learn so much from my kids. I think you've inspired me from a fitness perspective and think about, you know, holistically, how are you doing? How do you feel? I mean, I love it. (laughs) It's fantastic. Um, Ty is just learning how it's about, you know, simplicity and do you have to have all the material things in your life? And I see how he and Hadley are are living, you know, with that. And um, Amy, I think just the courage that she's displaying and, and, you know, where she's at and, and seeing her try to sort through where life's going to take her. And and then I have this, you know, wonderful relationship with Eric, my husband. And I love the life we have. And being able to just um, touch others through our gifts of loving to cook and having friends over. Um, there's just so much to live for, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm excited for, for what that is. So, Well, thanks so much for sharing your story. I think that it was really powerful. I learned a lot from you. Um, you've definitely been through and moved through a lot, but it's very fun to see where you are now and hear your perspectives on it. So thank you for sharing that with us. Well, thanks for having me. It was great. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of How Do You Feel? Make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. We release a new one every Monday morning. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on CastBox, through the podcast website. There are lots of options. And we really appreciate all ratings and reviews. They go a long way. I hope that everyone has an amazing week this week. Make sure you get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.